And welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. I'll be your host today. I just want to go ahead and quickly thank Anchor for being our platform. And I also wanted to thank our fans out there who have actually weighed in from a week-to-week basis to help us drive content on the show. Lastly, I want to thank our sponsors out there for uh, going ahead and uh, actually putting some sponsorship on the show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into our week seven recap of the National Football League. Let's go ahead and jump right into the first game that we'll look at, which is the Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Giants. Um, The NFC East has been quite terrible at this point. Surprisingly, the Eagles um, and Washington are right there. And even Dallas at this point, uh, Philadelphia moved to two, four, and one with a win here over the New York Giants, twenty-two to twenty-one. Um, and the story here was Carson Wentz throwing the game-winning it, touchdown, excuse me, to Boston Scott, um, who actually caught a well-contested ball, um, stepping in for Miles Sanders here. And the story with the Eagles is they have got a ton of injuries. Um, on both sides of the ball, mainly the offensive side of the ball, and they lose to Sean Jackson uh, to an ankle fracture, excuse me, in this game as well. So um, 359, two touchdowns, an INT, and three sacks here for Carson Wentz. He can't avoid the turnovers, but, uh, you know, he's able to get it done uh, with guys like Richard Roberts, uh, Travis Folkham, John Hightower, and Boston Scott and Greg Ward here on the outside. so it'll be interesting to see. I think anybody who's playing in the NFC East has a chance. Even the Giants, who are now one and six, they're still right there in the hunt. Next up, the Detroit Lions versus the Atlanta Falcons. Detroit wins this 23 to 22. In this game, we essentially saw that Atlanta found yet another way to lose football games in the last minute interesting here so Todd Gurley scores with probably I don't know maybe like a a minute or two left in the game here in the fourth quarter Um, I'm trying to see if I can exactly see yeah about a minute and 12 Gurley actually tried to stop himself from going into the end zone couldn't stop his momentum scored a touchdown Uh, next thing you know Matt Stafford drives down the field uh, had 340, one touchdown in this one, and it was the game-winning touchdown, which sealed the deal for the Lions here as they moved to now 3-3 three and three in the tough NFC North. And then in the NFC South, the Atlanta Falcons fall further out of contention now as they're 1-6 and six and just tough, tough year. Um, I think if you looked at all the games that they lost in the final moments or final seconds or whatever the case may be, easily, I think they have one of the better records here uh, in the NFL if they're able to capitalize and win those football games. Next up, you have the Cleveland Browns versus the Cincinnati Bengals. This one actually started off really, really ugly for Cleveland. I think at one point, Baker Mayfield was 0-5 and then had an interception, and that was it. Um, And then during that interception play, they lost Odell Beckham, which you find out later here that it was actually a torn ACL. Um, They do come all the way back here to win 37 to 34. Um, This is probably Baker Mayfield's best game of the season with the five touchdowns, only one pick here. Um, He's had a case of the turnover bugs. Joe Burrow over 300 yards again, 406, three touchdowns and an INT there. 
hey, this is a team that is going to be right there in the end of the day uh, just because of all the pass attempts that they attempt. I think they're averaging like 41 pass attempts a game. And, you know, they're unafraid to go down the field at Cincinnati. It just hasn't translated into many victories, but their games have been very exciting as they're 1-5-1 and one here in the AFC North. And Cleveland uh, continues to get it done. Uh, they're now 5-2. and two. Um, Kareem Hunt had a pretty good game with 18 rushes for 76 yards. So it'll be interesting to see now that they don't have Odell Beckham there. They turn to Rashid Higgins, who had six receptions, 110. Um, Harrison Bryant, four receptions, 56 yards. Uh, Donovan People Jones, three receptions, 56 yards, and a touchdown there. Kareem Hunt got a touchdown as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, this is a team that wants to run first, pass second. Um, it's going to put um, more pressure on the run game. And then if you are able to stop Cleveland's run game, the question is which wide receiver is now going to step up in Odell Beckham's absence? Next up, the Carolina Panthers versus the New Orleans Saints, 27 to 24. The Saints win this game. Um, both teams are coming in uh, very interesting. Uh, you look at New Orleans, they're four and two now. Carolina right there at three and four. Uh, many people thought that, you know, they would probably struggle without uh, Christian McCaffrey, but they've actually been in every football game. Uh, it looks like Mike Davis has kind of hit a wall for them, uh, who's replaced Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he had the seven for uh 12 yards there in this one. Teddy Bridgewater had a strong game, 254, two touchdowns. Uh, Drew Brees, <clears throat> decent, 287, two touchdowns and a sack as well. Um, you know, what's interesting about the Saints here is they still haven't had Michael Thompson, who they were supposed to get back here for this game, but then he tweaked a hamstring, then he was out. Then you had, uh, I think, Marquise Galloway here, an undrafted free agent that came in, played exceptionally well, but then eventually, I believe, had to go off the field due to an ankle injury or a leg injury or something like that. Um, but the Saints are finding ways to continue to win the games. They're continuing to keep pace in this division here, and they're going to need to, to do so here as this is going to be a tough one. Um, they still have to, to go against the, the Buccaneers here who have, have done well. We'll talk about them a little bit later. But, you know, both teams still in the hunt, both teams still scrapping. Uh, but Drew Brees gets the best here of his former teammate, Teddy Bridgewater, 287 and two touchdowns here, getting it done for New Orleans. Next up, we had uh, probably one of the games of the day here, and that had to be the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Tennessee Titans. Um, this one really should have gone into overtime. Um, just a missed kick here by the Tennessee Titans kicker, which basically had the Titans um, get you know beat here in regulation. But terrific game on both sides of the ball. Um, the Steelers were up very big in this one. And then the Titans started to kind of reel away and get the thing started here and put points up on the board. Tannehill, 222 touchdowns. Derrick Henry, uh, he got a touchdown. Did get held to 75 yards, but A.J. Brown went nuts. He had 153 and a touchdown. Uh, Corey Davis, back from the COVID list, he got a touchdown as well. Um, 
And then when you look on the side of the ball with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, three INTs and two touchdowns, they really started to kind of turn him over. And I think that that was kind of the key for Tennessee to get back into this thing. Um, But listen, this is exciting. Tennessee was right there. I think that this, it could have been anybody's game uh, had the Titans kicker been able to uh, essentially make the field goal. But it was the matchup of the unbeatens here. Uh, You know, Pittsburgh, 6-0 you know, the Titans would have been 6-0. So somebody had to lose in this one. Unfortunately, it's the Titans here. But uh, very, very, very good game played here. Next up is the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Jets. Um, the Bills win 18-10. I thought that the Bills would be able to put up a lot more points here on the Jets who are winless on the year at 0-7. Uh, Buffalo now 5-2 in this one. And not a whole bunch to say. I mean, Josh Allen, 307, no touchdowns, no INTs. Um, Did have 11 rushes for 61 yards. Cole Beasley's been breaking out lately here. The former Dallas Cowboys slot, 11 receptions, 112, playing pretty good there. Um, Just looking at Buffalo, I mean, they've kind of slowed down a little bit. I think offensively, they kind of started off very, very hot um, you know, Stefan Diggs and those guys like that putting up a lot of points. But over the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, they've been kind of pedestrian here with the numbers, but still getting wins. And that's what it's all about here in the National Football League. Next up, probably uh, the more surprising score of the day, the Washington football team beating the Dallas Cowboys 25 to 3 in this one. Um, if you were going to tell me coming in, that Dallas would only score three points with all the weapons that they have. I would not believe you or take that. But listen, Washington at two and five, they're second in the NFC East. Dallas is two and five. They're in the NFC East. And I think Washington owns the tiebreaker now over both Philly and Dallas if that came down to it. But looking at this one, Andy Dalton gets knocked out of the game. Before that, um, he was having a miserable day anyway. Um, had an INT, 75 yards. Ezekiel Elliott found absolutely no running room. 12 rushes for 45 yards. That was about it for him. Um, Amari Cooper, 7 of 80. Um, as far as receiving yards, that pretty much led the day. Everything else, nobody could get anything else going. Zeke only had one for six. Tony Pollard, one of six. Um, Dalton Schultz, two for 22. So they really struggled to move the ball, um, especially after Dalton went out. And then on the flip side of that, you look at Kyle Allen, 195, two touchdowns, only two sacks. So he had a strong game. But more importantly, Antonio Gibson, the rookie running back here for the Washington football team, 20 rushes, 128 yards, and a touchdown. He had a career day. Terry, um, scary Terry. Um, right here for Washington, seven receptions, 90 yards, one touchdown, really getting it done. And Logan Thompson, he's played exceptionally well from the tight end position here for Washington. Um, throughout the season, really, he had four receptions, 60 yards and a touchdown for him. So, you know, the key thing here is Washington able to, to get their playmakers going. You're able to see how dangerous their front um their front four is you know how dangerous they are as far as rushing the quarterback 
Um, and then also too, you know, you're able to see uh, again, you know, how how good Washington potentially can be once they kind of put it all together. Um, I, I mean, that's the question: is going to be consistency. And you know, I think coming into this thing, a lot of people, including myself, had probably written Washington off. But I, I think it when you look at how how sparse and how weak it is in the NFC East. They're really right there. And it is possible that they really could win the NFC East. Next up, you have the Green Bay Packers versus the Houston Texans. 35 to 20 in this contest. It really wasn't a contest throughout the day. Uh, Five and one for Green Bay. Now one and six for a frustrated Houston Texans. Um, Jamal Williams, 114 yards here. Stepping in for Aaron Jones, who has had a strained calf. Four touchdowns, 283 for Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams, 13 receptions, 196. He was simply spectacular. And they also had two touchdowns as well in this one. Could have had some more. But, I mean, Green Bay essentially just showed us how dangerous they are. Um, Never mind what the Buccaneers did to them last game here. Um, they look dangerous. They look really, really dangerous here. And I think that they are going to be tough here in the NFC North. Uh, Houston continues to struggle. Not very much you could say there with the Texans as they are just, just bad football team right now. Next up is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Las Vegas Raiders here. Tampa Bay 45, the Vegas Raiders 20 in this one as now five and two for Tampa Bay. Um, in the NFC South over here, and three and three for the Las Vegas Raiders, who are right there in the AFC West, holding tough despite the loss. Uh, the story in this one was Tom Brady. Tom Brady was excellent, 369, four touchdowns here on a day where I thought, and many people thought too, that Ronald Jones II would probably have another day in which he was going to gash the defense um, essentially on the ground, but. It was Tom Brady reminding us why he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in the game. Um, He pretty much hit essentially a lot of receivers here. Um, Scotty Miller, over 100 yards with six receptions, TD there. Chris Godwin, uh, a good game as well, nine receptions, 88 yards, a touchdown for him. Uh, Rob Gronkowski getting back into the end zone with the five receptions, 62 yards and a touchdown, probably one of his stronger efforts. And there was a Leonard Fournette sighting as well. Uh, He looked really good. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, Derek Carr continues to play well. Uh, He's starting to go down the field, 284, two touchdowns, did have an INT here. Um, But like I said, the Raiders, they're putting up points. Um, They're hanging in there for the most part and a tough division here that's being run by the Chiefs. But, you know, I think from last year to this year, the Raiders are a much better football team. I'm curious to see where they will finish here in the AFC West. But, you know, the talk continues to be about, obviously, the Tampa Bay um, Buccaneers, especially now that they've moved all into Antonio Brown. And hopefully we're able to talk about that a little bit more after we get through all the scores here. Next up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Denver Broncos. Essentially, there's not very much to say about this one, 43-16. to uh, This was a route for Kansas City. They are now 6-1, Denver 2-4. Um, 
it wasn't like it was a whole bunch of of of, of like fireworks from the offense uh, with Kansas City. More or less, the fireworks I think came defensively and through the special teams where. Uh, Kansas City was able to get a pick six. They were able to get, uh, I think, a kickoff return or a punt return as well in this one. Um, and so, to me, coming into this one, now that Kansas City has a legit running game, uh, when you look at um, Clyde Edwards O'Leary and you look at Le'Veon Bell, um, 48 for 46, uh, one touchdown for Clyde Edwards O'Leary and Le'Veon Bell, six rushes for 39 yards there. This is a team that I think can really beat you in every single dimension. And I think that it is really going to be tough to really knock off the Chiefs this year. Um, I, I just think that this may again be their year again. And I mean, they haven't really even opened it up and going down the field like that. Um, and it's just, it's really, really a good football team. And I think you just got a chance to see how good they were going against Denver here. Um, next up is probably one of the more surprising games, I think, of the day, too. And that was the San Francisco 49ers uh, giving it to the New England Patriots 33-6 to in this one. Um, the story here is that Cam Newton throws for three interceptions and is benched here. Jimmy Garoppolo two picks himself no touchdowns but the Patriots were shredded on the ground here Jeff Wilson Jr. before he was carted off with an ankle injury 17 rushes 112 yards and even after he left Jermichael Hasty comes in for nine carries for 57 yards um, so here's the situation where basically uh, New England couldn't stop anybody they couldn't move the football um, very, very tough day here for the New England Patriots um, and a surprising one here. I just thought that they were going to play a lot better. Um, I felt like Cam Newton definitely could win in some situations here. Uh, just wasn't able to get anything going here. And I just think that it's tough because New England, especially now that they're two and four, third down the AFC East. Uh, you look at San Francisco, they're, they're hanging in there in a very tough NFC West here. Four and three, I think another win, they're right back in it. Um, but, you know, certainly the way that the 49ers have been turning over the ball, the injuries and things like that, I think this was definitely a winnable game for New England. And I think they're going to look back and be disappointed that they didn't get it done. Uh, the news coming out of New England is that uh, Cam Newton will be the starter. You wonder, um, you know, how much more is Bill Belichick going to go with him? Um, considering that Cam has really struggled, not just in this game, but for the last two or three games. Next up is the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Chargers going to win. Uh, they're two and four. Jacksonville one and six here. Um, they continue to struggle. I guess the one storyline out of this one has to be Justin Hubert, and he's continuing to grow at the quarterback position he's played outstanding football really opens up the chargers offense and makes it very dynamic down the field uh 347 three touchdowns only a sack no picks in this one uh he also did run the ball five for 12 
in this one, or excuse me, not five for 12, nine for 66 and a touchdown as well. So he's using his legs and he's really been getting the football to Keenan Allen as of late, uh, making him one of the top receivers in the league. Another 10 reception game, 125 yards for him. Um, I mean, you just look, he's just using everybody. Jalen Guyton, two for 84, a touchdown here. Virgil Green, the tight end, one for 26, a touchdown to him. Um, Donald Perriman Jr., uh, he also had a touchdown as well. I mean, he's just spreading the ball all around and continues to make the Chargers dynamic. I think at some point, um, if the Chargers can figure out how to win close games, they're going to be right there. But that's one of the things that they've really, really, really struggled with. Um, next up here is going to be the Seattle Seahawks versus the Arizona Cardinals. This probably was the most exciting game of the day. You knew it was going to be uh, a shootout between the two clubs, the way that they go down the field, passing the ball, lots of fireworks, and it did not disappoint. The Seattle Seahawks are now 5-1 in this one, still first in the NFC West. You look at Arizona, they're 5-2, second in the NFC West, so they've actually gotten a ton better from last year. Uh, they only got five wins last year. They've already gotten to five wins this year. Um, looking at the two quarterbacks, they played outstanding. Kyler Murray, 360, three touchdowns, uh, INT, but did have 14 rushes, 67 yards, and a touchdown as well. Every game that I see of him, he's starting to look a lot more comfortable and he's starting to look a lot more like how he was in college and which made him a Heisman winning trophy candidate uh, or not a candidate, a person that won the Heisman able to run the football and go down the field. And it doesn't hurt that he has this guy named DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> who, by the way, had another terrific day, 10 receptions, 103 and a touchdown for him. Um, Chase Edmonds, seven receptions, 87 yards for him. S had to step in for Kenyon Drake, who actually was carted off uh, later in this game. Um, think to find out that it's an ankle injury. Um, and so that's going to be interesting here because a lot of people feel like Chase Edmonds is actually the better fit at running back. I'm curious to see that. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Russell Wilson was right there, uh, 388, three touchdowns, but did have the three INTs, had a costly INT when this thing went into overtime that really essentially locked it up for the Arizona Cardinals here. Uh, Russell Wilson did rush six rushes for 84 yards as well, so getting it down with his legs. Um, Carlos Hyde, 15 rushes, 68 yards. And a touchdown. This is big because Chris Carson went out with a foot sprain and Tyler Lockett was probably the best receiver in all of football this Sunday. 15 receptions, 200 yards and three touchdowns. He was a man possessed out there um, and it was nobody that could guard him. Um, and I mean, they gave him everybody, including Patrick Patterson or Peterson, excuse me. He made a terrific catch over him. Um, but this was an outstanding football game. And the one thing that I can say about the uh, NFC West is to win the NFC West, you're going to need to score a lot of points. Um, so that's what makes it tough, I think, for, for, for the 49ers who are trying to climb kind of out of the hole that they're in. Um, it's possible, you know, that, Seattle and Arizona may slow down, but 
you know, in a division where the defense is really lackluster and the offense, offense are special here in this division. Um, I just kind of think, you know, for the teams that have gotten off to a hot start, I think that they're going to be in a prime position here for uh, the playoff push when that that does ultimately start to play out here. But uh, two teams that are doing extremely well. Next up is the Los Angeles Rams versus the Chicago Bears. I didn't think this this was interesting to me because I didn't think the Bears would come out and and put up a goose egg like this uh the rams 24 to 10 win this uh both teams at five and two at this point um and the rams in the nfc west too that's what makes that division tough they're five and two uh chicago now second here in the nfc north chasing after green bay at five and two but they really couldn't stop any anybody could the chicago bears here and nick Foles struggled i think the the consensus was that Nick Foles was going to come in, be able to move the football a lot better, and he struggled. He struggled. So now you have two quarterbacks that have struggled, and you start to wonder, is this more than just the quarterback play? Is this Matt Nagy? You know, that's that's the question. Are, are, are people now starting to get frustrated with Matt Nagy? Uh, because they really haven't been able to put up a ton of points and quarterbacks are struggling here in the system. So at some point, um, and you have to start to ask that question, is it coaching? You know, because Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl. I think Nick Foles is the better quarterback in Chicago, although he hasn't played like it. Surprisingly, Chicago has been able to win games. I don't know. They're getting it done. They're winning games. Um, but it's a question. It really is a question here. And I think that's what Chicago has to wonder. They're really struggling in the running game. Um, another tough game for David Montgomery, only 48 yards on the ground with 14 attempts, just really couldn't get anything done there. Um, and then on the flip side, Jared Goff, two touchdowns, um, again in the air. And it's interesting how the, the Rams are getting it done by this running back by committee, but it seems to work. Um, and then, you know what? Their defense with Aaron Donald and these guys, their front, you know, four to seven, whatever the case may be, they're really starting to get after it and really start to make it tough here um, on opposing offenses. They looked really good this week. I know that they gave Washington a ton of trouble as well. Um, and like I said, they're really starting to crank on the defensive end. So it's almost like, you know, Jared Goff and company are just basically in a situation where as long as they don't make mistakes, they're going to be in a good situation here. Um, so with that being said, that essentially is the scoreboard for week seven. Lastly, we want to talk about is Antonio Brown and, and the Des Bryant signing. So quickly here, Antonio Brown, I think, is going to be interesting coming into a Buccaneers team that <clears throat> essentially <clears throat> has said that they want to go all in here for the Super Bowl. They already have Mike uh, Edwins. They do have Chris Godwin, who's going to be out because he did fracture an index finger here, interesting enough. Um, and he'll be back in week nine. They have uh, Gronkowski. They have Ronald Jones Jr. They have Leonard Fournette. There's a lot of mouths to feed here, and Antonio Brown's contract, from what I understand, is very incentive-based. 
Um, so you have to wonder, is he going to get frustrated if he's not getting his touches? And then on top of that, can he continue to keep himself in a good situation as far as the off the field stuff as well? That's the question there. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely um, a high risk bringing him in. I hope it does work out for the Buccaneers, but hopefully it doesn't destroy their chemistry. Next up, I would say with Des Bryant and the signing here for the Ravens, they already struggle enough getting it to pass catchers. Okay, so you wonder, is Des Bryant going to be the complimentary piece to Lamar Jackson in the sense that he's able to take care of the middle of the field, get tough catches. Um, you're able to get contested catches as well, which is one of the things Des Bryant has, was able to do. Um, he wasn't able to, to get a whole bunch of separation here um, prior to, to leaving the Dallas Cowboys or prior to the Achilles injury um, that he had there with the Saints. So that's the question they they have him on the practice squad i think he possibly can be an impact player here um if i had to, to choose between the two i i really think that des bryant honestly might be the better fit between the two between antonio brown and des bryant but we will see so for real talk sports with rico uh, I'm your host. I just want to thank you for turning, tuning in. I want to thank Anchor for being our platform. I want to thank our fans out there for chiming in on a week-to-week basis. And also want to thank our sponsors out there who have put sponsorship on the show. So we'll be back for another show as we'll be talking about uh, more topics here uh, to come. So thanks a lot.